All right, what's up, guys? Uh, this is a quick and dirty version of Dog Sports Live. I am Graham Coffee. Uh, most of you may know me as Dog Out West on Twitter. And last week we did this quick little 12 takeaways thing on uh, Saturday afternoon. So figured I'd bring you guys one here on Sunday afternoon. Um, yeah, let's get right into it. So number one, I've been vocal about guard play this season and feeling like that may be the thing that's kind of holding Georgia back from being a, a true national title kind of juggernaut level team. Well, yesterday, those questions got answered. Uh, the O-line we saw yesterday looked totally different than what we've seen to this point. I've talked a lot about push at the line of scrimmage. What Schaefer, Cedric Van Pran, and Warren Erickson did yesterday should, should really be described as a surge. They were giving you a surge basically every single down. And time after time after time, they knocked Arkansas off the ball. This game was won by those guys as much as anyone. And, <clears throat> excuse me, the one thing that has been missing in this Georgia offense is the ability to run inside zone, inside power, split zone, those types of inside concepts with cons consistency. Those two concepts, inside zone and inside power, were 62% of Georgia's play share yesterday, and they were extremely consistent with them. Uh, inside zone read, they ran 18 times for 98 yards, 5.4 yards of play, 55.5% success rate. Inside power, 22 attempts, 117 yards, 5.3 yards per play, 63.6% success rate. That is astronomically good. That's as good as as you're going to see, especially against an SEC team, against a team like Arkansas, like that you'll take that anytime. And if Georgia can do that consistently on the offensive line, it's going to be next to impossible to beat them with that defense. Um, what they were doing just in terms of following the plays and getting to the second level, the offensive line that is, and how they were finishing runs, pushing the pile, moving those backs a few extra yards at a time was as impressive of a performance as I've seen from that Georgia offensive line since at least the Auburn game last year, but maybe even going back to uh, 2017 and what they did up in Knoxville or some of the other games where they really, really just bullied teams up front. So credit to Matt Luke. I know that's a name that some Georgia fans have been throwing around and kind of asking questions about, but as this offensive line has improved drastically over the last month. And what was exciting to see from a Georgia standpoint was even when they changed those lineups up and brought Broderick Jones in at left tackle, uh, he struggled last week against Vanderbilt in the run game uh, considerably, especially when Vanderbilt knew that Georgia was going to run. He was bullying guys around. Marius Mims looked great. Uh, you know, Sawyer continues to be kind of the stud of that O-line, but he played some right guard yesterday and did a really good job in that position in addition to his usual spot at left tackle. So all in all, I think if you're a Georgia fan, you have to feel light years better about this OL than you did even just a week or two ago. It looks like they're deeper there. You obviously want everyone to stay healthy, but I think they could probably afford a guy getting a little bit dinged up somewhere on that front five much more than they could have a couple weeks back. So 
really big positive. I think it's a huge deal going forward. Um, I've, the, the flip side of that is I've seen some concern from people about kind of the lack of production in the passing game or just the, the lack of called passes. But the reality is if you're churning out 4.9 yards per carry on the ground on 56 rushing attempts, which is what Georgia did yesterday, you're basically getting a first down every other play. And that drop eight defense of Arkansas is good at creating interceptions. There just wasn't the need to take that risk unless the Hogs showed that they were going to be able to score points. And they only drove into the scoring area on Georgia once prior to garbage time. And the dogs were already up 21, nothing at that point. So I, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. Um, I do think what Stetson Bennett did early in that game was very, very good. And, you know, there was enough passes thrown kind of early to keep that Arkansas defense honest. I think if Arkansas had adjusted out of that three-man front and come down and played more man-to-man defense that you would have seen some more vertical passes, but they didn't. And you're getting, you know, five, six, seven, eight yards of play on first down over and over and over. That's efficient, effective offense. You take that all day, especially when you're already up big, you know, the clock's moving, everyone's happy. You get out with a win. Uh, We've already obviously given kudos to the uglies up front, but like also credit to Todd Monken for using Stetson Bennett's mobility. Having him run that zone read keeper on the first play of the game was actually quite brilliant because it showed Arkansas that he was a run threat. It meant at least one of their linebackers had to stay disciplined and keep from shooting the gap at the snap. And I think that helped open those lanes a lot. I mean, 2019 with James Coley, Georgia ran a zone redraw on about 25% of their plays over the course of the entire year. I don't think we ever saw Jake Fromm keep the ball once. And that was a thing that, that I, you know, screamed for at times during 2019 was just show them that he's a running threat once or twice a game and it will help, you know, Swift and Harry and those guys of that era tremendously in terms of what run lanes are available in the middle. So Todd Mockin did that yesterday. Uh, I think he's a stud. I think that he continues to come up with extremely, extremely creative game plans. They change week to week. He does not seem to be married to a system. There's no ego with what he's doing. He's just running what is going to be most effective week after week. And you can tell he comes from the NFL, you know, with all these skill player guys out. I think a lot of college OCs would struggle to adjust to just not having better athletes, uh, you know, at all times and better matchups on the field. He really hasn't. So uh, George is extremely lucky to have him. Um, Wouldn't shock me if someone tries to come and hire him away for a big head coaching job at the end of the season. But uh, that's to worry about down the road right now. Georgia has them and they should be really happy that they do. Um, Another thing we've talked about a lot this year is, Downfield blocking being a bit shaky at times, uh, especially by wide receivers and even by tight ends. It seemed like across the board there was a challenge issued this week in terms of physicality, and I think it was met. You know, uh, there were very few missed blocks in the run game by wide receivers. There were times where you saw wide receivers pushing guys 15, 20 yards downfield, and Georgia's tight ends dominated in the run game. Uh, Having Darnell Washington back was – clearly very huge in those run blocking sets. I think his first snap of the year 
you know, he comes like charging through and meets a linebacker in the hole and, you know, cleans a guy's clock. And and that's, that's just sets a mentality. If you're that linebacker, you're going to be looking around a little bit the next time you're, you're trying to come and shoot a gap. So also kudos to John Fitzpatrick. Uh, he was Georgia's number one graded run blocker in 2020. He's been a little bit shaky at times so far in 2021. He had the foot injury in the offseason. It seemed like he was just a little rusty and had been kind of hit or miss, but he did some great work busting outside runs yesterday. Um, him and Lab McConkey were actually the two highest rated run blockers for Georgia uh, on the day yesterday uh, from, from a PFF grade standpoint. So great job by him. Um, Kenny Dosh. There's a huge shout out for playing what I thought was the best game of his Georgia career. He had Georgia's most explosive pass play of the day, that 27-yard catch on the wheel route out of the backfield on, on the, I believe it was the first drive. But he also hit, ran really hard and physically between the tackles. And on Dog Sports Live, there's been a couple times where I've kind of questioned, is he the guy that you want toting the rock on third and one? Just because Zeus and Milton and even Cook to – to, to a certain extent are extremely good after contact and very good at kind of leaning in there in the middle and falling forward. Well, you know, there was quite a few third and short situations and second and short situations yesterday where he charged right up in there. And not only did he get the first down, but he was carrying guys and keeping his legs churning and, and moving the pile for another four or five yards. So I thought, you know, that this was the best game I've seen him play as a Georgia Bulldog. A guy with his elusiveness and receiving ability who can also run physically up in the middle like that and carry guys, he can play football for a really long time and, and can play football on the next level. So exciting to see that from him, and I think we'll continue to see higher usage rate from him as well. Um, also, shout out to James Cook. He's kind of picked up where he left off yet last year, but you know I think – he had seven carries for 82 yards at one point yesterday. Um, just he continues to be the most explosive back. All those backs played great yesterday. It was nice to see Kendall Milton finally get his first career touchdown. I'm going to talk about Zemir White here in a second. But I think if there's anyone there right now that maybe their usage rate uh, should be a little bit higher, I think Cook has warranted it just looking at the raw statistics. Um as far as Zamir, like it feels like far too often in life we see hard work and dedication pay off or that we get to kind of witness karma, so to speak. But yesterday, you know, felt like that. And it's felt like that for a while with with White. But he blocked a punt against Arkansas last year, kind of doing the dirty work. And yesterday, Dan Jackson blocks a punt and he gets to be the one that recovers it for a touchdown. That touchdown run that he had late in the game. Uh, where he kept his balance and his knee kind of like what it looked like it should have hyperextended, but he just kept rolling and, and kind of bounced back off of it. Like that showed an incredible amount of strength and flexibility that he's worked back into his knees after two consecutive ACL surgeries to begin his career. So he really has gotten back that balance that, that made him the number one high school running back in the nation. And just happy for the guy genuinely, you know? Um, so Kudos to him. Also on the block punt, uh, Will Muschamp deserves some credit and kudos, right? The design of that punt block was essentially like a delayed blitz with walk-on safety Dan Jackson. Um, 
probably not something Arkansas was expecting. Clearly they weren't because they didn't block it. But since the Clemson game, Georgia special teams have been pretty close to flawless. And that plump, punt block t- touchdown really effectively ended any chance Arkansas had on Saturday. Jake Camarda continues to be the biggest special teams weapon in college football, in my opinion. Um, but that was a very creative punt block set. And also just you continue to see Dan Jackson making plays, walk on safety. Um, I have to say this because I fought this battle a lot this summer, but that's another, uh, you know, ding in the scorecard for the Kirby Smart development kind of narrative. Uh, there's, you know, kind of the, the narrative this summer that Kirby Smart can't develop. Well, he's got walk-on safeties out there making big plays against Clemson and blocking punts. He's got walk-on wide receivers making key catches and key blocks. Um, you know, Kirby Smart is doing a great job with not just the blue chip talent that he's bringing in, but also all these guys that are that are coming in as preferred walk-ons. A lot of them have made significant contributions this year. Back to Stetson. Uh he did what Georgia needed him to do on Saturday to win the game. And I think that's what you want out of any backup quarterback came out on target, hit some big throws to move the chains on the first couple of drives. I think best of all, there were some balls that he threw into the stands that he might've forced into coverage last year. So the offense still moves better under JT. There's no doubt about that. Daniel sees the field better. He processes better, but Bennett's mobility actually, I think kept some havoc plays from happening uh, for Arkansas on Saturday, and he was able to scramble out of some some situations where it's a definite sack for Daniels. And with his run heavy as Georgia went yesterday, I think you know being able to get out of the pocket and throw the ball away or scramble for a few yards uh, was was big by Bennett. So I thought you know his performance was was adequate to good and. Be interesting to see who goes next week at Auburn. Uh, you know, we'll we'll get into more of that on Dog Sports Live this week. But I think Bennett has shown a command over the offense, and it's very clear that his teammates want him to be successful. They play very very hard for him when he's in the game. So on to the defense. You know, I've kind of I don't know what else you can say about this Georgia defense at this point. Uh, they're the best in college football by a wide margin. They appear to be the best in school history thus far, also by a wide margin. They just dominate the line of scrimmage, and it's impossible to run on them, really. Um, that secondary continues to be very underrated. Traylon Burks might be the best wide receiver that they face in the regular season. He was held in check all day. And I think above all, this is just a good tackling football team. Uh, you know, screens and swing passes are a big part of most modern offenses. And, you know, the, the the idea behind that is for the offensive coordinator, coordinator to create a one-on-one matchup with a running back or a shifty wide receiver in space and for their guy to go win. And Georgia just wins those matchups about 95% of the time. The first guy either makes the tackle or does enough to allow the other guys on defense to rally and gang tackle with him. So, it continues to be impressive, and I think they'll have another challenge this week with Bo Nix. He was running around doing Houdini stuff against LSU last night, and Georgia you know, got in the backfield against him a lot last year but wasn't able to sack him that much, and I think that they will remember that and try to uh, 
kind of, you know, make up for it and and get a little revenge for letting him run around on them at times last year uh, when they go to play Auburn this week. So also on the defense, I'm in a point where I legitimately think that Jordan Davis uh, is doing things that earn him, should earn him some Heisman votes. What he's doing is something I don't know that we've ever really seen before. A 360-pound guy that's, you know, swim moving into the backfield at the snap and then chasing running backs and, you know, and, and fast quarterbacks to the sideline and beating them to the corner. Like, it's just – it's different. By the laws of physics and nature, he really shouldn't exist, but he does, and what he's doing is incredible. Also, I feel kind of similarly about Nakobe D, not from a necessarily a pure physical standpoint, but – what he he's just playing at an absurdly high level and he's doing things that are very intelligent and there's a certain deafness to his blitzing and the way that he delays his blitz blitzes it's just extremely fun and incredible to watch and if you're a, a football junkie like we are you can you know watch tape of his all day and there's just so many little subtle things that he does to not tip off that he's coming and it makes a massive difference and it allows him to, to get the quarterback. And I need to find some stats on his kind of, you know, pressure rate when he does blitz, but I would imagine that it's extremely, extremely high. It feels like every time he comes, he gets into the backfield and disrupts the quarterback or makes a sack. Uh, I would say right now, you know, kind of Georgia looks like the best team in college football so far. Uh, what Bama did yesterday against Ole Miss was impressive, but they also had a lot of short fields. Ole Miss, you know, did some things to shoot themselves in the foot. And I, I do think Alabama is improving on defense. There's no question about that. They're one in one A in some order. I think everyone can agree on that right now. But Georgia's just been more dominant on the line of scrimmage so far. And the potential is there for Georgia, I think, to get much, much better, maybe more so than Alabama. Um, you get a healthy JT Daniels back into the groove. You get guys like Blaylock, Arian Smith, Pickens set to come back over the next month or two, it sounds like, hopefully. If the offensive line is going to play like they did yesterday, this could become an unstoppable unstoppable juggernaut on the level of 2019 LSU or you know last year's Alabama offense. Um, but Georgia has a generational defense to go with it. So I just think that you know this – could very well be the the year for Georgia. Um, that environment at Auburn next week will be a test. I think the leadership on this team will have UGA focused and we'll get into film study this week and kind of talk about what we expect from that matchup. But I just, you know, it's interesting to watch Georgia right now, having watched them during the Rick era, be a team that – often came out a little bit flat and not super focused and gave up plays early and would kind of get themselves into dog fights that they didn't need to and have to play from behind. And this team just comes out and it's like, we're going to get a first round knockout. And I mean, you know, the last three games prior to Arkansas, they had outscored opponents 70 to zero in the first quarter. That's now 91 to zero over the last four games. Um, I do think Auburn's crowd will help them maybe kind of weather that storm a little bit, but I also just think Georgia's much, much better. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, lastly, not 
super UGA related, but tangentially related to Georgia. Um, I got to take a little bit of a victory lap. I was the guy that spent most of the summer uh, getting yelled at because I said that Florida was going to go eight and four this year. And I just didn't buy the Dan Mullen narratives of him being, you know, the best coach in the SEC or the second best coach in the SEC and all this different stuff. And you saw why yesterday um, I posted some stats on Twitter last week about Emory Jones uh, completion percentage and accuracy rates beyond 10 yards. And they were very, very low. His quarterback rating was in like the forties past the sticks. And I kind of thought if Florida ran into a front seven that could force them into some situations that they may have some trouble. And they did yesterday. Um, also Texas A&M, I felt like what they were losing on the line of scrimmage was going to be hard to overcome. I know they lost their starting quarterback. That was a big blow, but I also don't think that Haynes King was that much better than Calzada to begin with. So, um, yeah, allow me my victory lap there. We're often wrong doing this. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to pat myself on the back this time for being right. If you guys aren't watching Dog Sports Live or aren't following me on Twitter at Dog Out West or following Josh at Dog underscore Stats, you really should be. Uh, we're putting a lot of good stuff out from, you know, we're we're watching game tape and we're telling you what the game tape tells us. And we're really trying to approach this from an objective standpoint. We're not, you know, trying to make Homer predictions that – Georgia's going to win games that we don't think they're going to, or that Georgia's going to win games in ways that we don't think they, they will. Um, if you go back and look at what Georgia did yesterday, there was a lot of things that we pointed out on the show last week in terms of even down to, you know, who the, the particular linebacker uh, Hayden Henry that Georgia picked on, on that wheel route route with Kenny McIntosh. We, you know, we've seen a lot of these things coming and we hope that you'll, You'll follow along with us because we work hard and we spend a lot of time doing it. And uh, we try to be honest with you guys. Uh, also, I've been giving out my against the spread picks as of the end of the day yesterday. Uh, I am at 38, 21 and one against the spread this uh, season so far. So went seven and three yesterday. We've been on a good roll. Uh, maybe that means you should fade me next week. You know, definitely uh, don't want anybody spending money they don't have or, you know, making bets that they don't believe in. But, you know, we we also put a lot of time and effort and thought and, and you know, analytics. And Josh has been running a lot of interesting numbers to help make some of those selections. So hope you guys will tune in for those as well. And also check out our sponsor, Odds Jam. If you are a sports gambler of any kind, go Subscribe to them. Use the code DOGSPORTSLIVE for 30% off. Their service is phenomenal, and it will get you the best ROI in the business on your bets. So that's all I've got for today. We will be back uh, probably tomorrow, maybe Tuesday, with our Arkansas film study, and then Wednesday or Thursday with our Auburn preview. So stay for both of those. Um, thank you to all you guys that continue to engage with our content subscribe, you know, watch, comment, uh, talk, you know, football with us. We really enjoy it. It makes this a lot of fun. You can subscribe to us on YouTube at Dog Sports Live. You can follow us on Twitter at Dog Sports underscore live. And you can subscribe to us on Apple and Spotify for the podcast format of our show. 
that is also dog sports live so please do one or all of those things um we just hit i think 750 subscribers on youtube so josh has been giving away some sticker packs if you go and follow on uh the twitter account and then leave five star reviews on one of the podcast platforms and dm us we'll send you some free stuff got some cool stuff here ftms stickers they're becoming somewhat uh famous in certain sects of the georgia bulldog community so get you one of those before florida week uh yeah thanks thanks for joining me again and you guys have a great rest of the weekend and we'll see you here in the next day or two go dogs <laughs>